Henry has been involved with college softball for the better part of two decades, starting with her playing days at UCLA. Recently, she became general manager of Softball America, in addition to her duties as head coach of Great Britain's national softball team. She has her finger on the pulse of all things softball, so there's no better time to chat than with the college season fast approaching. She'll talk about the Sooners, the Cowgirls, and lots more. But before we get to that, I want to say a word of thanks to these sponsors for supporting The Jenny Carlson Show. Oklahoma Ford Dealers, Two Fellas Movers, Mid-First Bank, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, FireLakeJobs.com, NextGen Roofing, 988, Oklahoma's Mental Health Lifeline. Remember, drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. And hey, if you're thinking about moving, let's face it, a box of pizza and a case of beer just don't work like they used to. Nobody wants to help you move, but we know two fellas who love moving. At Two Fellows Moving Company, we offer free, no-strings quotes for your move. With over 20 years' experience, we've pretty much moved it all. Our services don't end up moving either. Need to do some remodeling or spring cleaning? We have you covered with dumpster rentals and junk haul services. Remember, all quotes are free, and there are absolutely no strings attached. If you're moving in Oklahoma, make sure to call the fellas. Visit twofellas.com for your free quote today. Well, Tara, it is so good to see you as we sit here on the last day of January. I know I'm pumped about the start of college softball season. How are you feeling? Oh, Jenny, thank you so much first for having me on. I only get to really see you in Oklahoma uh, in the end of May. So this is great to get to see you in January. So excited to get the season started. Uh, gosh, it's just going to be another fun one and loads of storylines to chat about and I uh, just can't wait to to break it all down with you. Yeah, I know. So much to talk about. Um, you've obviously, I want to talk about the move to Softball America, just all that's going on there. But uh, let's talk about some of the some of the big picture stuff with college softball. The big national story, I think we can agree, is also a big local story, that being Oklahoma. Oh, you going for that unprecedented four-peat? I got a two, two, two-part question for you. What gives the Sooners the best chance of doing the four-peat and what might keep them from it? What what do you think are the, the extremes of that for OU this season? You know, I, I, we could talk about this um, for hours on end. But uh, when you when you said, you know, Softball America, our first best guest was Patty Gasso. And I spoke to Coach Gasso and we talked about the four-peat. And it's really a difficult thing to do. And it's never been done in the sport of softball. So, but when you take a look at this lineup and you take a look at the firepower and the All-Americans, uh, they have all the tools. Uh, you know, the only thing I would say that maybe would get in their way is if they run into a team almost like Clemson. You know, that it, it we felt that it, when Kinsey Hansen hit that home run, uh, you would argue that Clemson was almost tipping the scales there. So I think if they run into a team that gets really, really hot and the bats go cold, which I don't know that I've ever seen Oklahoma's bats go cold under JT Gasso's tenure, yeah. uh, I think that could happen. But it is a tough feed. And, and I know this past season, it was really tough on Patty and the coaching staff. I think that pressure of the three-peat. But I got this sense from her that she was really free and at ease. Uh, I know it's the start of the season, but uh, I could see the Sooners uh, 
really come going after it and getting that four peat. Uh, I I think it's a possibility. I don't see any other squad or team at the moment that is close to that lineup. So I'm pretty confident in saying, Jenny, that it is a huge and a real possibility. Yeah, you know, your your All-American teams came out uh, earlier this week, Monday, Softball America's uh, preseason teams did, and five of the 17 first-teamers are Sooners, Kenzie Hansen, Jada Coleman, Alyssa Brito, Tiara Jennings, Kelly Maxwell, another Sooner, Nicole May on the second team. I mean, just the collection of talent, you referenced that. Um, how does how does Patty Gasso keep doing this? I mean, how does she keep collecting the talent and then – how does she make it work? Because you don't see this deep of a team in a lot of places. What do you think the secret sauce is here? You know, I truly believe, Jenny, that the Sooners outwork uh, the rest of the country. And I think the staff does. I think the players do. And, and I'm not saying that other teams don't. I'm not saying that other teams don't work hard. But what I've seen from uh, that staff on the recruiting end, how they bring recruits in, how they take care of recruits, how they treat their players, I think it's really easy to play for uh, a coaching staff like that. And when you when you take a look at those All-Americans, and I actually had an argument that May should have been on first team as well. So uh, you could argue that May uh, is always the silent one and is also a first team All-American. I think when you're dealing with a collective group that uh, is constantly competing day in and day out. And when I spoke to Coach Gasso, we talked about the battle series and how important that's been because you've got a team and you've got players that are looking on, you know, left and right and competing, uh, not wishing the other one not to do well, but they're constantly competing. So I think that atmosphere, that environment of, wanting to be your best and and wishing the best for the person to next to you. But I, I believe day in and day out, um, it's just a different type of mentality. Someone would say that it's that championship mindset. Um, and com- coming from a former Bruin, uh, I, I could, I could see it. Like I, I, I have no problem saying that that's probably the difference there. And again, it's meshing those personalities together and they've been able to do that. And people have been able to take on roles, uh, when you've got kids that are former players of the year at different conferences that have transferred in, uh, mm-hmm. really taking on that role uh, of whatever um, they see fit for the team to do uh, what the team has done uh, in the past three years here. You don't have access to my questions, but you actually just re- led into my next question, which, wow. But your experience at UCLA, I mean, obviously you played on teams with great collections of talent. Um, you know, OU is not the only team out there with, you know, stacked rosters. We see a lot of teams with a lot of talent, but what, what has to happen for a team that, you know, like you said, you might have a a conference player of the year from another conference coming onto the, the team and maybe they don't get to start right away. Maybe they are in sort of a backup role. What has to happen for a team that does have maybe more than a roster can hold on a game day to, to get out on the field? What has to happen for a team to be able to still win and and for those players to feel like, hey, I'm part of this. I think it's a collective belief. When you're on a squad that is full of talent that, you know, up and down the lineup, anybody could go, you know, one through 18, one through 20 could play anywhere else. I think it's a collective belief and managing those expectations. And I think clear communication throughout a 
you know, the lineups of players on, hey, this is your role and this is what it's going to be. And it could shift and it could change. But uh, to have uh, a squad like that and to bring, you know, people together from, like I said, all across the country, it's a difficult task to do. Um, the transfer portal has now uh, put a wrinkle into that because I don't think we dealt with that as much uh, years and years and years ago uh, when I was still playing. But I think managing those personalities, managing those expectations is a really difficult task. And you can be the most talented team. And OU just happens to be the most talented team. But you also have to play, have a a culture of winning and a culture of selflessness. And I think that is what separates Oklahoma uh, in that they're talented uh, and they play for one another. And that's a difficult combination to have. Yeah. And, and even though I'm sure when you're looking at rankings, uh, putting Oklahoma at the top right now is a pretty easy call. I look around the country and there are a lot of really good teams, more really good teams than I ever remember uh, in the, the, the time I've been uh, involved with college softball, 25-ish years or so. I got to think your top 25 rankings are a total bear. What What are you seeing as far as just that that uh, parody and just how many really good teams that could potentially be women's college world series teams are out there this year. Well, there's a ton of talent uh, throughout the, the, across the entire country. You look at a Tennessee, uh, obviously at the women's college world series, uh, a season ago led by Kiki Malloy, uh, FSU, Lonnie Alameda. She always figures it out uh, with her pitching staff uh, and it's an offense that I actually really, really like. It, it's more, they hit a lot of doubles. They don't have as many home runs, um, but um, they go station to station. Stanford, you got Nyjah Kennedy. Uh, <laughs> and we saw her last year at the Women's College World Series. And I had heard rumblings about Nyjah uh, on the recruiting trail. And they would say, hey, Tara, have you seen the, the kid that's going to Stanford? I said, no, I haven't seen her throw yet. They're like, just wait. And these are all coaches, college coaches throughout the entire country. So, uh, was no surprise from from what I'd heard that she would come on the scene. And then you look at a Clemson. Is it is it going to be the first year that the Tigers, you know, make it to the Women's College World Series under John Rittman? Yeah. Uh, an incredible coach. He's been there before. He's done it. You've got a Valerie Kegel, the reigning player of the year. Uh, when you look at that that squad, this could be their year. And then you look at a Georgia. Uh, I would say one of the best offenses in the country Uh, and Tony Baldwin, an incredible uh, hitting mind. He keeps it simple. He's able to communicate what he needs uh, with his players. Uh, I think the Georgia Bulldogs are a team to watch. Uh, And then you take a look at Texas. Texas is going to be tough this year. Hmm. And you could argue that Texas is potentially the number two team in the country. Uh, If you take a look at their pitching staff, if you take a look uh, at their offense, I would keep an eye on Texas and how they do in these preseason tournaments because they've got all the pieces uh, to make a run at the Women's College World Series, uh, and and that's a team that I w- I would keep an eye on. You know, there because there are so many good teams. This may be a harder question to answer. I don't know, but do you feel like there's a team that may be best equipped to test OU's dominance? Because as we all know. If we get if we got into the wayback machine and we put the Women's College World Series with a winner take all one win championship game, you might be able to you know have an upset. That seems more likely. But now the best of three, you gotta really be deep and be great hit- hitters, great pitching, just all the things that you have to have. Is there a team that you think might 
be best equipped to test that if it is a, a best of three situation with OU? Yes, Jenny, I think it's a team that has loads of arms in the circle. It's really difficult to prepare when a team has six arms that you have to to prepare for. When yeah. it's just a team with one, uh, it's an easier game plan for JT. Uh, it, and it allows his hitters uh, to just be more cognizant of what happens. But when you're game planning, like I said, like a Texas, when you've got six viable arms uh, in the circle, that would that's that's a tougher look. Um, I don't know LSU. I've got I've heard uh, some some rumblings about some good stuff that's going on at LSU with Bryce Neal there uh, as a, a first year uh, hitting coach there with Beth Tarina and her squad. And uh, it, when you take a look, Kelly Lynch is coming over from from Washington. Uh, the freshman last year, Ricky uh, Sydney Burzon, she was in the circle for LSU. So another team to kind of keep an eye on, I would say. Uh, I know we're, we're a little SEC heavy, but and you can't forget Jordy Ball. Right, like right. Uh, <laughs> we can't forget. Uh, I don't what, think anybody around <laughs> here has. No, <laughs> we can't forget Nebraska. And to be fair, I talked to Coach uh, Rhonda Ravel on our Softball America podcast, and she's excited about this team. And I think adding Jordy, obviously, to any squad uh, mm-hmm. is going to uh, allow for some more wins. But uh, another team to keep an eye on. You know, talking about OU Texas, SEC, obviously it's a reminder that this is the last year that OU and Texas are in the Big 12, but I also see Oklahoma State, Baylor in the top 25. Um, it's sort of become those four in the league over the last few years. What's your, what's your prognosis on Oklahoma State, on Baylor, as you look, uh, as you look at what they might do uh, as this season rolls on? You know, Oklahoma State is going to have to replace a ton of offense uh, with their senior class graduating. Uh, and I think if you take a look at what Kenny Gajewski has done, he, he always manages uh, to put it together there towards the end. They went through that huge uh, downhill, uh, as we saw a season ago, and just had a, a tough time uh, offensively. But Lexi Kilfoyle, let me tell you, uh, she's... She's a tough competitor, and I think she's she throws a really hard down ball. It's tough to, to get on. She rolls a lot of ground balls, uh, and I, I, I like the move with Vanessa Shippey as the new hitting coach. I think uh, that's been well-received by the players, uh, and I think, again, Kenny Gajewski always manages uh, to put a good squad together, but really excited about Baylor and, and Coach Glenn Moore and uh, a healthy Baylor squad, uh, which returns most of its, um, you know, starters from a season ago but Leah Binford uh and Dariana Orm a healthy healthy in the circle is going to be key but I I could see Baylor uh, again because I I remember Baylor back in the day like it's always been a a tough go uh, when you head to Baylor so uh, I I do think the Big 12 is going to be strong again I don't know if we're gonna how many we're gonna see in Oklahoma City but that's still something that we can we can wait and see uh the next couple weeks here yeah, and you know, it's going to be interesting. We'll save this conversation for down the road, but bringing in those four Pac-12 teams next year when you've got Utah, Arizona, Arizona State in the mix. its uh, I know Oklahoma and Texas are percolating towards the top and the Big 12 loses a lot, but man, the addition of the those three programs, it, that's big for the Big 12 softball. It is, and it, 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 a little part of my heart, I think, just died. Just the just reminder of the pack. <laughs> I know the, the demise of the pack, but yes, it's going to be a much different conference. And then again, uh, UCLA uh, and Washington heading to the to Big Ten uh, as well. So it's just 
uh, it's going to be fun to see how that all shakes out. Yeah, definitely. Talking about shaking out, let's talk about the Softball America move. You were at D1Softball.com before doing great work over there. How did all this come together? Tell tell us the story behind uh, your move to Softball America and, and what it looks like moving forward. Yes. Well, first and foremost, I I just can't thank the squad at D1 enough um, for that opportunity. Spent four years there. I loved every minute of it. Uh, just to cover the sport of softball at the Division One level uh, was has been a you know bit a dream. But I got a phone call from Jen McIntyre, a former uh, coach at Ohio State, and she just kind of talked about this vision of making uh, it bigger, right? So covering travel ball, uh, really helping out with recruiting rankings, uh, providing obviously D one coverage, but expanding that to D two, D three, JUCO, international. Uh, and really providing a platform for girls and, and women in softball to go to and feel like uh, they could learn something and, and want to go back to. And so it was a tough move, to be honest, Jenny. Uh, I, I Blood, sweat, and tears over at D1. Um, but it's an incredible staff. And Miss Ree and Miss Graham, um, just great, incredible writers that I learned so much from. And um, But it's been really fun and, and brought Brady Vernon over alongside with me and uh, have Sydney Soupley who was a two-way player at Northwestern. Uh, she's joined the staff and Gray Robertson. And we've got a few more announcements coming up soon. But more of a holistic experience. We're going to do fun events, contests, interactive uh, games for every single softball fan and always have a ton of support from the Sooner fans. So uh, love that. They might be crazy sometimes, but love that they support <laughs> either way. <laughs> well, you mentioned Sooner fans, and obviously people around here are aware of the OU phenomena, the Women's College World Series numbers, but give us kind of a big picture. I mean, to to do what you all are doing with Softball America, it says to me that you see that there's great attention, eyeballs, fans, I mean, just passion. What is that kind of bigger picture? Because I think here in Oklahoma City, we have an idea of just what the sport ha- it looks like and the attention and, and all of that. But I think you probably have a better perspective on that. So what are you seeing in terms of just the, just the interest in softball right now? It's huge. And when you take a look at the youth space, when you take a look at some elite players that we're seeing, a lot of those recruits are, are heading into Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. But it's women's sports is on the rise. And you know this, Jenny. And just to be able to provide a platform and a space that allows us to highlight these incredible performances, to tell stories, to to have player spotlights, and really bring that to the front has been just an amazing experience. And I can't thank uh, Ian Ritchie and Rhett Parker. Uh, and we've got some MLB players that have invested and believe in women's softball. And that has been just an incredible uh, experience to have people that believe in what you do, that believe in women's sports, that believe in the sport of softball and its potential. And I'm just so excited to roll out everything that we've been working on because it's just literally the tip of the iceberg at the moment. Um, But we've got some fun stuff uh, in the works. Just real quick, tell people where they can find you, uh, website, any social stuff. Just, Just lay that all out for folks. Yes, it's softballamerica.com. Really easy. Head on over to softballamerica.com. And then on Twitter, no terrible days. Uh, easy one as well. Uh, you can contact me there. And then Tara Henry at softballamerica.com if you guys have any uh, questions. I know 
Uh, we've got loads of uh, questions from uh, fans about various things, but always, always available and, and willing to answer all your questions. Probably one of the most fun parts of my job. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The passion is there. And you mentioned that that growing interest in women's sports brings me to I kind of want to finish out here with this uh, topic of conversation. Just the uh, the the villainous nature of the top team in the country. Uh, you know, it says to me when you uh, Patty Gasso referred to her Sooners as the evil empire, sort of a recognition of the talk out there. To me, though, that says people care enough to have the sports hate for somebody. And, you know, obviously then the Kelly Maxwell transfer made big news here and around the world of college softball really feels like we've gotten to the point now where everybody looks at OU and says, oh gosh, if you don't, if you're not a Sooner fan, you probably don't like the Sooners very much. So is, I, I, to me, that's a sign of softball's growth. I know OU fans might not love that idea, but it seems like that's part of what we've got going on here. I agree with you, Jenny, but when you take a look at it, you can say it's an evil empire, but you, you can't not respect it, right? Yeah, like you cannot right. not respect excellence and excellence over time, over years, again and again, day in, day out. So yes, it, everybody is chasing OU. Everybody is chasing Oklahoma softball, but I'd argue that the team that focuses on what they're doing and how they get better and staying within themselves rather than trying to chase OU and beat that monster is going to be the one that does it, right? It's it's internally looking at, hey, what are we doing? And maybe picking up the phone and calling um, your rival or calling Coach Gasser or calling JT and say, hey, can I learn from you guys? Like, what are you doing over there that we're not doing? Um, and I think when once our sport gets to that point and start supporting one another, when you've got coaches that are willing to go to other coaches' practices, I think that's when we'll actually turn um, the page here because we're still not there yet, Jenny. And, and I, I believe once that happens, and it's an e an ego thing. We've all got it, right? It's an ego thing. Once we shed that ego and say, "Hey, how do I get better?" Uh, and how do I figure this out? I think that's when we'll really, really see this sport skyrocket. You know, and I know there are people out there that have said, have made the argument, which I totally disagree with, but have made the argument that OU's domination is bad for softball. Yeah, I, I don't know if anybody was saying that about the New England Patriots when they were winning all those Super Bowls. I, I don't know why that argument gets made with women's sports so often, but the fact that people have something to really, you know, watch and get interested in, and then the teams that want to try to get there to that level are motivated... I don't see how it's a bad thing. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see how having a, a, a champion that is as good as Oklahoma is, is really bad for college softball. I don't think it's bad. I, I think, I think competition is what we all want and yeah. good competition. Um, is it bad for ratings? Maybe when there's run rules every yeah. night, I could say, yes, probably not great for ratings because we're not going to get that average fan that just is tuning in to, to watch the sport of softball. But again, I hope that competition piece is what, what drives other teams to, to bridge that gap. Uh, but no, I don't think it's bad for softball. And, and you wouldn't argue that you're, you're not calling Tom Brady to tell Tom Brady to stop winning championships. You, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Like You're not going to call uh, Nicole May and say, hey, Nicole, like, Kinsey Hansen, you guys need to stop winning. You just need to stop. That's just not going to happen. And and it could be a female thing. It could, you know, could be uh, a women's sports thing. But 
uh, I'm excited to see if anybody can catch OU. And I think that's the storyline of the season. Who's going to do it? Yeah. It's going to be fun. It starts uh, next week. I know I'll be watching. I know you'll be watching. But, man, this has been great, Tara. And I hope as we get closer to that eight for OKC, we can have you back to talk about how the season's going. But this has been great. Thanks for joining us to talk all about Softball America and the college softball season. Thanks so much for having me, Jenny. Hopefully I'll get to see you before May. Uh, And best of luck this season. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Thanks, Tara. And thanks to all of you. If this was your first time hearing or watching The Jenny Carlson Show, be sure to subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Also, subscribe to our newsletters from the homepage at selloutcrowd.com and download our new Sellout Crowd app for your iPhone or Android. Thanks again for being here, and we'll see you next time.